are the Lord who fights for us, Lord. Thank you. You have torn apart the sea. You have led us through the deep waters in our life. And we have to sing hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah, Lord. You delivered us from all these things. Not only that, you delivered us from our sin. (laughs) The very subject that would keep us out of the kingdom of heaven. You have forgiven us. You have fought for us at Calvary. And you won the battle all by yourself. Even when your friends, your disciples deserted you, you still continue to fight to your very last breath. And in that last breath, you defeated the enemy. And we thank you and praise you, great God that you are. And that same spirit that raised you from the dead three days later lives in us. Wow. Praise. Asking for a double anointing? We have an anointing that's probably a thousand times the double anointing of Elisha. Because we have the anointing. We have the Holy Spirit's presence in our life. Oh, Lord, how we thank you and praise you. We can, as as, um, Matt had said, You know, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Father, many Christians know that verse, Philippians 4.13. Let us learn how to apply it to our life tonight. In Jesus' name, as we see Jacob moving from a deceitful son into a man governed by God. Help us to be governed by you, Lord, and not by the flesh, and not by the devil, or not by the world, or not by our own lusts, but governed by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. You may be seated. For those of you out there, you're listening. If you just tuned in, or you just popped on to one of those places we're on, podcasts, YouTube, whatever. We're not on YouTube anymore because we think it was messing up our our system, but we might come back on. But listen, stay out there. You know, this is Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches, and we're glad you're here. You can go to our website, freedomchurchpb.org. PB stands for Palm Beach Freedom Church, pb.org. You can check us out, what we believe in. You can um, check out our, our messages from years back. Um, and you can uh, even donate online. So, listen, I have a message from the Holy Spirit tonight. As I was standing there worshiping, the Holy Spirit has told me that it's a time, and I don't, you know, it might rub a few people the wrong way out there, but the Holy Spirit told me the indignation has passed. It's time to get back to church. It really is. For those of you out there, you can still watch other churches online, but you need to get back to your church. The indignation has passed. And, uh, you know, if we continue to stay out there, I don't care what church you belong to, go back to your church. Listen, the indignation has passed. If you don't do it, the devil's laughing all the way to hell about our, our fear and our complacency and our unwillingness to get out of bed when Jesus Christ himself died for you. Come on, church, it's time to get out of bed. It's time to wake up, sleepyhead, get back to church. 
I know that might not sound a little bit abrupt, but I'm telling you, I've, I have two pastors that come to this church at different times for the men's group, and one or both of them told me, or the people within their church that came with them, or this, and they told me that their church is half the size, or one-third the size of what they used to be. Another lady that used to come here on Thursday night contacted me by text message, and she said her husband was in hospice, and he, he was in hospice for several months, and he, he passed away. She went back up to her church and told her, her pastor that she'll begin to come back, and he said, don't bother, we closed the church at the end of May. And I'm thinking, like, you know what, church, it's time to get out there. The indignation is past. The, you know, when the Jews, you know, were in Israel and it was the Passover, you know, when, when the Spirit, when the Lord passed by and didn't see the blood, he passed by. It's Passover. The indignation has passed over. Get back to church. I hate to be so bold, and I'm usually not that way, but the Lord doesn't. That's what the Lord had on my heart was I was worshiping the Lord tonight. I don't care if you come to this church. I'm not, this is a plea for all church. Go back to your church. Support your church. Support your missionaries instead of staying at home in bed. You know why? As I said, Jesus died for you. Get out of bed. Get out of bed. Get to your Sunday service and your midweek service and your ladies group and men's group or whatever groups you have and get them fired up again so that the devil doesn't have a field day, thinking he defeated the church of Christ. I have news for you. Jesus said the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So we're going to win in the end. But it takes your obedience to do so. So let's get into our study. Genesis chapter 32 tonight. I named this Wrestling with God. And I, I wish I, I could put a message on that alone, but there's so much in this chapter I can't, I'm not going to be able to do that. We're just going to go uh, little by little. We saw the 10 steps. We're watching. Listen, we are watching Jacob be transformed from a deceitful son to a, a man governed by God. Just like you, before you were born again, you were a deceitful son. You, you had nothing to care about God. You could care less. But now that you became a believer, you have become governed by God, and now the Holy Spirit should be leading you in everyday life. Everyday life. We're going to see Jacob is such a man. We're going to see him. And at the end of this study, I just might, uh, might, might put a bunch of these things together and show you the conquering faith of Jacob. The conquering faith of Jacob. In these trials, we saw him as a devising brother, stealing his birth, his brother's birthright. We saw him as a deceitful son, you know, tricking his father into giving him the, the firstborn's blessing. We saw him as a dreaming pilgrim where he saw a ladder going up to heaven and God, the son of God, standing at the top of it and angels and, and uh, descending and ascending on that, on that ladder. We saw him as a love-struck suitor as he fell in love with Rachel and ended up with two wives, Leah, and worked for his uncle, his deceiving uncle, deceitful uncle for, for 14. And we're going to see tonight it's been 20 years because he stayed on another six years after he paid for his two wives. We see him as a frustrated man, family man as his two 
wives, the sisters fought with one another because, you know, they wanted to give their husband, you know, uh, a son. And one of them was very well loved and the other one was very well not loved. We saw him as an enterprising employee last week where he built the herds of Jacob, of, of Nathan, Laban, I'm sorry, and you know, he deceived, huh? he deceived Jacob in the end in the last six years by taking all the, all the striped and spotted female and male uh, goats. And he was just, he's just, uh, just having, having, what can I say, um, uh, practice, you know, practice that makes perfect, just learning from his experiences. Tonight we're going to see him as a determined wrestler. He's going to wrestle with God himself. Not God in all of his glory, but pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ himself. And we saw him many a times as we, we came through the book of Genesis. God has a great purpose for his people's life. That means Christians and any believer in Jesus Christ or the Messiah. It's not to destroy you. God's purpose is not to destroy you. It's, it's to de destroy the confidence in your own flesh, in your own self. He wants you to become completely dependent on Him. Are you? Am I? He wants to bring you to a place of self-confidence, self of your self-confidence passing into history. Instead of, you know the famous verse, everybody knows it, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's what he wants you to do. That's his plan. That's his purpose for his people. He wants to see you change your self-confidence into confidence in him. Because we even, I even prayed it tonight, Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things. How many things? All things. Not some things. All things. You know, we get all messed up on these little adjectives and adverbs. You know, we get all mixed up. All means all. No means no. You know, here's what Jacob says. I'm just going to round about tell you what Jacob's been through so far. And you know that it's true, okay? Tonight, he's going to be forced face-to-face -face with a person that has threatened to kill him, a brother that has threatened to kill him. You know, when I was a young businessman, I just got to throw this in. When I was a young businessman, I probably was in my early 30s. And being, this one fellow ripped us off, ripped me off for couple hundred dollars or a hundred dollars and I don't know what it was and he told me straight out he says I'm going to be down at Isley's at 730 tonight I don't even know it was 730 but it was down at Isley's in my hometown at 730 tonight and come on down and 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 I'll I'll pay you he says if you're not you know scared I said being a young stupid guy I went I'm there like, you owe, you owe me $100, I want my 100 bucks. So I went down there, and I thought he's going to beat me up for sure, you know. But you know what he said to me? 
He said, I'm going to pay you because you had the guts to come down. Jacob has the guts right here. He's going to, God told him to go back to Canaan. Okay? He knows that his brother Esau threatened to kill him. He's been gone for 20 years. Somebody's threatened to kill your life. How would it affect you? How about this? Suddenly, you're an unexpected disability. Tonight, he's going to have an unexpected disability because he's wrestling with the Son of God pre-incarnate. And it's crippled him for his life. And he's going to be in constant pain. Kind of like we know Paul had a thorn in the flesh. We don't have any idea what it is. We could guess. I'm guessing he had malaria and got bad eyesight. Reminding him of the Damascus Road where he lost his sight. That's my opinion. It's not biblical. Number, number three, your firstborn son has sex with one of your wives or your, your concubine. I know we don't have concubines in this country, but a concubine had relations with her husband. Not a true wife, but raised from a slave to a concubine, which was an improvement, not as high as the wife. One of his firstborn son has sex with one of his wives. His daughter is raped, Dinah. Two of your sons are found out to be serial killers. That would be Simeon and Levi. You're constantly evicted from city to city because of your faith and your religious through religious persecution. Your, your mother dies while you're away during these 20 years and you never get to see her again. The same with your father. He dies and you don't get to see him again. Your wife that you love with all your heart, your number one wife in his case, Rachel, dies in childbirth bearing Benjamin, the twelfth son of Jacob. He was evicted again from his home in Pandan Aram, and now he's gone sent back to Canaan where his brother threatened to kill him. And while you were employed, while he was employed, his uncle Laban changed his wages for the worst ten times. Ten times. Listen, how would that those things affect your life today? How would they affect your life? Would it be positive or negative? Well, we're going to see tonight that conquering faith that Jacob has. Just faith in going back to the promised land like the Lord told him to do. God's purpose here is to destroy Jacob's self-confidence and to put his confidence in you. Sometimes God uses pain and suffering to change a man into the man who must be learned to abandon any self-confidence and learn to totally and completely depend on God. Wow, that fits in what the Holy Spirit told me today. The indignation's over. Depend on God. Get back to church. Get back to church. 
Again, you might not like what I have to say, but I'm going to say what the Holy Spirit tells me. And I don't usually do that. I don't usually come out so bold, but I know tonight what the Lord said. You trust in the Lord. Take out your self-confidence. Don't worry about COVID. The indignation's gone. And don't let the devil trap you in seats of complacency. Jacob now is in a catch-22, caught between a rock and a hard place. In verses 1 through 8, let me read it. Jacob went on his way, and the angels of God met him. Look at this. He sees the angels of God. Ain't not one angel, angels. Okay? You know what? Would that boost your confidence? If you saw angels and you recognized who they are, Abraham recognized the three angels that came up to him when they were ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. Here, Jacob recognizes that these are angels. Okay? Obviously, one of those angels is, is, is the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate. Just like Abraham, one of those three angels was the Lord Jesus Christ, pre-incarnate. See, when Jacob saw these angels, he said, this is God's camp. This is God's camp. Wow. You know what? Can you imagine how, how Joshua was boosted up when he saw this man standing over with his sword drawn, and he says, he says, Jake, who is it? Joshua goes up to him and says, are you with us or against us? He says, I'm with the with God. I'm with the I'm in, I'm the captain of the of the hosts of the armies of the Lord. He had his sword drawn. Joshua was thinking, like, hey, that's my job. I'm the general here. Well, there's a higher general. This was God's camp, and he called the name of that place Manhan Aim, which means two camps. We got his camp, as you're going to see, and we got God's camp. Or you could say Jacob's going to end up dividing his, his camp into two camps. One he's going to lead on the other, leave on the other side of the Jordan, and one he's going to take over this side. He figures, well, if, if Esau attacks them, at least they'll have a chance of getting away, the other ones. So in two ways, this is two camps. Then Jacob sent messengers before him to Esau, his brother, in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I have dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servants, and I have sent to tell my lord that I may find favor in your sight. Then the messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau, and he is also coming to meet you, and four hundred men are with him. So Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed, and he divided the people that were with him, and the flocks and the herds and the camels into two companies. And he said, if Esau comes to one company and attacks it, then the other company, which is left, will escape. Listen, this is the first time that the angels, the armies, I should say, of heaven 
are mentioned in the Bible. This is the first time, not the, not the only time, the first time. We saw him with Joshua. We saw the captain of the host of the armies of the Lord in chapter 5. We saw with Elisha whenever, you know, the mountains were surrounded with chariots of fire. We saw the, the angels of heaven. Didn't Jesus say that, that he could call 12 legions of angels if he wanted? But he didn't because he had a job to do and he was going to do it. There was no way he wasn't. And I showed you that a legion in the Roman army is 6,000. I'm not saying some people say 2,000. In the Roman army, it was 6,000. Twelve legions of 6,000 is 72,000 angels. You can imagine what damage when one angel we saw go when Nehemiah prayed destroyed 185,000 Assyrian troops in one night. One angel. Wow. Here's the angels are with him. The angels have met Jacob. Even David said in Psalm 34, the angels of, of the Lord encamps around them that fear him, and he delivers us. Who cares about COVID? Who cares about any sickness and disease? You know what? The angels of the Lord encamps around you. You know what? Last night, yesterday, I was getting a shooting pain from my neck into my ear. And I had that a few weeks ago, and I prayed, and it went away. Now, it shows up again yesterday, and I said to myself, and laying in bed, and I said, I'm not going to put up with this. I grabbed some oil, and I anointed my ear, just this ear. And I bound back any evil forces that are trying to, to attack me. And I spoke to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I know that you exist. I know that this is true. I know that what you said is true, that by the stripes of Jesus we're healed. And uh, I said, you know what? I rebuked the devil. I commanded those devils to go to the pit because I have the authority to do so because greater is he that's in me than he's in the world. We know we have authority over devils. Jesus has given us authority over devils. So I took that authority, and I said, Lord, I want this to dry up from the root up. And I want all the devils and all the cohorts of darkness that are with the strong man demon, I want them thrown into the lake, the bottomless pit. And I gave them till one to go. One go. That was my words. And you know what? For about, it seemed like five minutes, no pain. Then all of a sudden, boom, pain again. And I said, I commanded you to go to the pit. And if there's another assignment against me, I command you now to get to the pit. And it left. And a few minutes later, boom, back again. I did it again. And I commanded them to the pit. And then I said, Lord, if any more of them try to attack me from assignment given to, by Satan to these demons that come and attack me, I rebuke them in Jesus' name. Today, Liz was having those same pains only in both ears. 
So I prayed over her just before church here tonight. We anointed both ears with oil, and I prayed for her. And I haven't talked to her since about what's happening. But I told her the devil's probably going to come back again. He's going to try to attack you. You just have to take authority. Now, I know that the Lord healed me. The stripes tell me he did by the stripes of Jesus. If, if that's not true, why did God put it in Isaiah 53 and in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24? Huh? If that's not true, are you calling God a liar? Or are we going to believe and trust in him? That's where God wants us to be. Trust in him. Well, you say, well, we're, you know, we're going to die someday. That's true. It's appointed once for man to die. That's written in the Bible, too. But you don't have to go out in pain as far as I'm concerned. I'm going to pray that all the days of my life. I'm just telling you, little, it's time to become soldiers of Christ. I wrote a book that's being published right now. It's called About Face. And it has some of that. It's not a long book to read. It might be about 80 to 100 pages. That's it. I wanted a quick, easy read about soldiers of Christ, which is what you are. Jacob is worried. He knows that Abraham, with 318 men, conquered five armies that had just conquered four other armies. Jacob knows 400 men can do a lot of damage to his camp, and he is worked up. But he's got the band of angels come to visit him. God's presence, I'm sure, has encouraged him to the place where he named that place Mahan Ami, which means two camps. It's about 25 miles north of the Dead Sea, and it means double camp, as I said. As far as I'm concerned, it's God's camp and Jacob's camp, not the two camps. I think that was a lack of faith on his part, but it's also strategy and warfare. It's also good strategy and warfare. God and Jacob are sharing the same camp. David tells us the Lord encamps around them that fear him. He seeks to impress Esau by showing his accomplishments. He has, he has camels and goats and lambs and donkeys and female and male servants. He tries to impress him. But he didn't pray at this point. Did you notice that? He never let out a prayer. But he's going to as time goes on in this chapter. You know what? David prayed, Jehoshaphat prayed, Hezekiah prayed, many of the, Christ, the kings prayed, and they got their answer. And it's time for Jacob to be the man of God that God is making him by prayer, and he will shortly. Jacob is now forced to face his worst fear. The good news is Esau's coming to meet him. The bad news is he's got 400 men with him. Doesn't look good. That's a small army. Jacob was greatly afraid. 
He was scheming like his forefathers, Abraham, Isaac, and now Jacob. And he divides the flock into the two camps so that one camp could have a mistake. And here it is. Here comes the prayer in verse 9 through 12. Then Jacob said, O God of my father. There's the prayer. O God of my father. Jesus said, pray, our father who art in heaven. O God of my father. Then he said, Abraham. And Abraham was his grandfather. And the God of my father, Isaac. And that was his true, his father. And the Lord said, who the Lord who said to me, return to your country and to your family, and I will deal well with you. I am not worthy of the least of these mercies and of all the truth which you have shown your servant. For I crossed over the Jordan with my staff, and now I have become two companies. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him lest he come and attack me and the mother of with my with the children for you said i will surely threat treat you well and make your descendants as the sands of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitudes you know what jacob's saying here at the end of that he's saying you're a, you're god you're not like men who can lie you spoke and you will do it you said, come back to the land and you'll take care of me. And I'm coming back. He's reminding him, God, of his own promise. Have you ever done that? I have many, many times. Lord, you said to me, my work is not done. You have many more years for me yet to do, and the ending's going to be better than the beginning. I bring that to the Lord all the time. As I get older and older, reminding him. How many times in the Old Testament... And the New Testament, does the Bible say, remember when I parted the Red Sea? Remember when I led you through the desert with a cloud and fire as a pillar for night? The cloud to cover the, the sun from the day, from the, from during the day, and the fire to warm Israel at night. Also, the Shekinah glory of God. But he resorts to prayer before he does divide the company into two. He, he, he does pray, but, you know, sometimes our prayers end up in back of everything else. You know, a lot of times I'll come down to the church just like I did today. I come down to the church. I go turn on the computer. I go do this and I go do that. And then I remember an hour went by. And I didn't come down the front to pray. How did that get in the back seat? It's just the flesh that does that. I should have went up to the front first. But if I don't go up, if I don't, if I don't, if I go up to the front first, all these things I have to do keep running through my brain. So I have to do them first and get them out of my way. And today it didn't happen, but usually my phone will ring. But today it didn't happen, thank God. So I got some good time of prayer. Prayer should be our first resort, in other words. There's three essential elements of Jacob's prayer here. Number one is adoration. Number two is confession. And number three is position. 
Oh, and there's four. And number one is reminding God. It's, you know, it's kind of like the outline that Jesus gave us for what we call the Lord's Prayer, which is really not the Lord's Prayer. It is, it is the disciples' prayer, how to pray. It has a pattern in it. Acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Acts. You want to hear the real Lord's Prayer? Read chapter 17 of John. And that is the Lord's Prayer. Here it is. His three essential elements in this prayer is adoration. He's counting on God's past faithfulness. He said, O God of my father Abraham and Isaac, I mean Abraham and Isaac, yeah. He said to me, remember, he's adoring God. Because conquering faith always recalls prior victories. If you're fighting the enemy right now or fighting for something in your life, remember back when God delivered you from something else and remember that and bring that into focus again. Whatever it may be, conquering faith always recalls prior victories. You can imagine David when he ran into a whole bunch of problems in his life. He probably told God, remember when... I, with, through you, conquered Goliath. I was just a little boy. I conquered a nine and a half foot giant with a stone. Or did you conquer him, Lord, with the stone? He just happened to use a little ruddy guy. There's confession in this prayer. In verse 10, I am not worthy of the least of all thy mercies. And of all the truth which you have shown your servant. He recognizes that he's sinful. And he's unworthy. To you tonight, people. Do you recognize that you're sinful and you're unworthy? Do you realize that you're a sinner? And do you realize that the wages of sin is death? Eternal death. He's sinful. He's humble. There's petition in verses 11 and 12. Let me read them again. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, for I fear him, lest he come and attack me and the mother of my children. For you said, look, at he's going to remind God here. This is the reminder part. I will surely treat you well and make your descendants as the land of the, as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. Here, this is petition. He makes his request, deliver me from Esau. Jesus said, deliver me from evil. That's what he told us to pray. Do you pray to be delivered from evil? You know, that's what I did when I anointed my ear. I prayed to be delivered from evil because I felt it was evil. I know it was evil because it left it left at the command and at the word of God. It'll try to come back tonight, and you know what I'll do? I'll do the same thing. I'll rebuke it in Jesus' name. Because Jesus said, 
have faith in God. If you say to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea, and if you don't doubt in your heart, but believe what God has said, he, but you have prayed, I should say, God will do it. So am I going to believe that or not? Am I going to believe what I prayed? If you say no to that, I'm going to tell you right now, you'll never be healed. You'll never be able to move a mountain. Because you are trusting in God. That was the very first words he said. Trust in God. That's now Mark eleven twenty three through 24, I believe. You're going to believe the word? Or are you going to believe what your pastor may say? Or some other Christian told you? Or a fellow uh, peer of yours? Or a colleague? Are you going to believe God? Or are you going to believe them? Take your choice. If you believe them, your power is stripped from you, and the devil is laughing all the way to the pit. Matter of fact, he's not, he's not going to the pit. He's going to attack you more and more because he knows that he's got you. And then he reminds God of all his conquer, conquering and of all his promises. I will surely treat you well, he says, God told him, and make your descendants as the sand of the sea which cannot be numbered for multitude. And hes that's the same promise that God gave to Abraham and Isaac as now passed on to Jacob, which shows you now he is the third patriarch in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And in this chapter, his name will be changed. Jacob is showing faith but he's still weak. Here's verse 22 to 33. And he arose that night and took his two wives and two female servants and his 11 sons. Remember, Jacob or Benjamin is not born yet. Rachel has not had him because she's not dead yet because she's going to die in childbirth. Okay? Um, and his 11 sons and crossed over the ford of Jabbok. He took them sent them over the brook, and went over what he had. Then Jacob was left alone, and a man, this man, if your Bible is correct, you'll notice that that, that man there is in a capital M. If your Bible does not have that corrected, because the scriptures say with a capital M, which is a reference to the wrestler being God. The capital M, the two camps, Jacob's camp and God's camp. A man with a capital M wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he, this is God, this, this man, touched the socket of his hip, and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint, and he wrestled with him. A capital H there. You see the capitals there. Mostly your King James will definitely have it, and usually your older New American standards would have it. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So here's Jacob saying, I will not let you, capital, you know, a pronoun, capital U is a pronoun, reference to God, unless you bless me. Again, you, capitalize you, bless me. 
So he, capital H, that's the Lord talking, said to him, What is your name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, capital H, Your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel, for you have struggled with God. Who's he wrestling with? God. Remember I showed you Genesis 1, 1 through 3? God, in the beginning, God created. God is Elohim. It's the plural word for God, the plural name of God. In the beginning, God created. The created word there is bara in Hebrew, and it means from nothing. That's what David said, create in me bara, a new heart, O oh God. God, he, David says, take this old rugged heart, this wretched heart, and give me a brand new heart from nothing. And then we see in verse 2, And the Spirit of God hoovered over the waters. And we see that's the Spirit. So now we got God the Father, we got God the Spirit. And then the next verse, And then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. Who's the third? Who's the Word of God? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And a new body was created for him. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 5. Listen. Trinity, right from the very beginning. God. This is the pre-incarnate Son of God wrestling with Jacob. For you have wrestled or struggled with God and with men and have prevailed. Jacob's, Jacob's prevailing. This is God he's wrestling with. I can only picture like a, a father with his son. He lets him win the game. Even though the dads couldn't win the game, dad will let the son win. And in this case, the Lord himself, the Son of God, pre-incarnate, is, is letting Jacob win. But why? Because he wants to hear these words come out of him. I'm not letting you go until you bless me. He knows who he has 